Hello, welcome to MikeyPod, episode 328 for May 3rd, 2021. Today's guest is musician Michael Zapruder. We'll be talking about his latest album, Latecomers, the concept of being a latecomer and how I totally didn't get it, and his really cool process with writing and perspective and some cool things we have in common. This was one of those, I, I say that every week, I've been having great conversations and this one is no exception. By the way, I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for well over 15 years. We're closing in on 16 years, you guys. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or you can just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email me at mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello. Wait, I already said hello. Welcome. This is a a podcast episode. (laughs) I just explained it all to you. Why am I about to start saying it again? Um, I would like to briefly apologize for there being no episode last week. Uh, So I apologize. I, you know, I I think we always, every week, or every time I miss an episode, I go through this whole rigmarole. But the deal is... (laughs) I try to do it every week and I can't always because I just am doing this thing. It's just me. And last week I had not one, but two dental appointments. I... I don't know if I've said this on the main podcast. I know I've gone into it a couple of times on the um, on the bonus patron podcast. I have had a lot of dental problems that I've also. Well, I also have a big problem with procrastinating, and um, the United States also has a big problem with healthcare. So all of those things have combined to the point where I have a lot of dental problems, um, and I've been working on going to the dentist really like every couple of weeks, every month or so for the past year. Um, you know, once the the place opened up again. Uh, after COVID, and I've had root canals. I had a second root canal last week on the same tooth. Um, crowns. I'm getting imp- like different implants in places. There's a tooth that I thought was going to have a crown that now has to be taken out, and then there's none of that. Da, 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 da. So anyway, that is to the backstory. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so long story short, there was no episode last week, and here it is this week with an episode for you. So if you want to hear more about my dental woes, please feel free to email me or let me know you want to hear me talk about it on the podcast. I think it's maybe interesting. I'm writing a story about my like dental history throughout my life, uh, which will be one of my zines soon. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll, uh, let me not try to promise anything. I want to also let you know that I am sending out an email this week, probably by Wednesday or so, with um, my spring playlist. <laughs> I love doing these. I used to make playlists or p- uh, mixtapes like a lot, and it would be how I spent a day. I would sit down. This is back when I smoked and drank and a lot of other things. Um, but I would sit down with my ashtray, my cigarettes, my notebook, stacks of CDs, vinyl, making like the perfect mixtape. I would make tapes for friends or just for myself. I was, I think I just made them sometimes because then I like listening to them. Well, I still do that with uh, uh, playlists, not as often, but I do. And um, I did one last winter that I emailed out and people really liked it. So I did another one for spring and I'm making, putting the finishing touches on this one. Um, I really put a lot of care <laughs> into the songs, which sounds good. 
after the other one. It's not exactly, it's, it's a different process. It's not like doing a, a physical tape, um, but uh, it's fun. So if you want to check out that, uh, that uh, playlist, I'm going to email it out to my email list and I'll put a link in this, in the show notes. So you could just click it or you could go to the subscribe page on my website, but um, it's free. Of course, it's just an email thing and, and that's my newsletter. So I think that's it. Um, I want to make sure I thank, of course, my subscribers on Patreon for powering this podcast. These are people who subscribe for five bucks or more a month and get lots of perks like this week's perk, which is a little special. Michael Zapruder will be uh, on the bonus podcast this week as well. And we're talking about, um, he uh, he's a, a master's, a master's degree in uh, composition, music composition. I could be wrong. Is it a doctorate? Well, we talk about it in the interview. And this was one of those interesting things that we had in common about going back to school and studying music later in life. Um, but uh, he, one of his classical pieces will be on the bonus podcast. And he also shared the score for it. So if you're into that kind of thing, and I definitely am listening to a piece of music, uh, I need to look a little more closely. It's for piano, electric, electric guitar, and eh, some other stuff. Um, but listen to the bonus podcast this week, which will be up on Wednesday, and you'll hear all about it and the piece, and you'll get a download of the score for the piece of music. I, I'm super excited about that. I didn't realize he was going to share that, but he just sent it to me. Um, yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening. And we're going to listen to a track from Michael Zapruder's album, Latecomers. This is the title track called Latecomers. And after this, we'll have our interview.
That was Latecomers from Michael Zapruder, who is joining me now on the podcast. Thanks so much for talking to me today. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, I'm super excited to talk to you because you do a lot of, uh, it seems your work, your music, and beyond your music, which I haven't really looked into enough. Maybe we'll talk about some of that too. Um, but I love the kind of, uh, the, the fact that you have kind of a singer songwriter thing. I'm not a big fan of that term. <laughs> But, it has a bit of a stigma, but I yeah. can live with that for sure. Um, well, well, let's call it an indie musician thing and a classical music thing, and it's kind of cool the way that things come together. I, I like that type of thing. Um, anyway, so you've got a new album out. Uh, we just heard a song from it. Um, oh, my gosh, where do we start? Let's talk about the song we just heard, Latecomers. Right. Well, thanks for having me. It's it's really great to be on this podcast. Um, so let's see. Um Latecomers, I mean, I think uh, it became the title of the album later in the process of recording the record. The whole story of recording this record is a bit of a a long story. I started it many, many years ago with many songs. Um, and long story short, it got whittled down and whittled down. The concept of the record or my idea of it changed. And by the time I finished the record... Um, I was thinking of the idea of being latecomers, the idea of coming in at the end of something. Um, and it, as a parent, you know, I have two children, eight and uh, nine and 12 years old, um, and starting a family in this age of, you know, where there's climate issues and um, especially the political issues that are happening um there's such a conflict between the optimism or the idea of starting something and the information that's coming in from the world out there which is making me feel like man you know <laughs> we're coming in late and i also had my kids a little bit later i was in my late 30s when they were born so um so that idea of latecomers is just resonant for me and hopefully for other people. Yeah, like it's resonating now differently than I originally took it. When you're talking about like, are you talking about the idea that you're starting starting things at a time when it feels like our whole planet is <laughs> wrapping things up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. And and looking at my kids and thinking, well, what what does it mean to bring someone into this world and um but how did you take it i'm curious well i i think i'm someone just because i'm also a musician and a performer um just in general uh, as as an artist i think of myself as being a latecomer you know it took me mm -hmm. a lot of years of of not doing music because i didn't think you know all those things i couldn't i don't think i can make a living at this i don't think this and that of course i wasn't really making a living doing anything else mm -hmm. but that's a different <laughs> that's a sign that you really are a musician <laughs> yeah but you know like i was i was kind of on hold with a lot of things cuz i what i really wanted to do was be a musician and i didn't think that would be okay so it mm. took me a long time to become a musician and then mm. i was a pianist for other people and it took me a long time to say oh wait i want to make my own kind of art so it wasn't mm -hmm. until i was in my 40s that i started really writing and performing and and doing that kind of stuff oh, good so that for you yeah. Good for you. yeah that's great yeah i mean there's definitely some of that in my story too definitely uh i mean i've been 
doing music my whole life, but um, I just got my doctorate in composition and, you know, um, worked through graduate school in my 40s mm. as well. So for me, like, I was self-taught and an indie musician and playing shows and playing in bands as a younger musician and then was a late bloomer in terms of I know rounding out my musical life and capabilities and so I can relate to that. Yeah, for what sure. this I feel every now and then I ask these questions I'm like oh this is one of those questions but <laughs> I'm thinking it what what was the motivation to go get your doctorate in composition when you were already being a musician did something something mm-hmm. happen? Uh yeah I mean there were a few core things. I mean, one is that as a kid, I I knew I always knew that music was the thing I was going to do. Um, and but I never was able to get into any organized musical situations. Whether it was like I didn't make my elementary school chorus or the high school jazz band, or and I think it had to do with like learning issues. Like I wasn't capable of doing the everyday consistent learning that you had to do to fit into like reading, you know, reading music. So I didn't learn to read music until my twenties. And, but I always felt personally for me, like I'm devoting my life to this, to music. And it bothered me that I couldn't read. And it bothered me when I would encounter music that I couldn't see into kind of, clearly on a creative level, not Mm -hmm. as an academic, but just kind of. And so I think for me, there was always um, a sense of I'm not complete. And then I did a project um, called Pink Thunder, which was an album of songs I made from poems by living American poets, Um, amazing artists, one of whom is my brother, who's a great poet. And then through my brother, I met a a lot of other um, living American poets and I made this record and it was other people's words. So it's like free verse indie rock songs. They're sung poems. It's not like a spoken word record. And um, and I just was like, this is so interesting. And then I would do performances at like poetry readings and things. And it was really interesting not to be singing my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of led me into composition because it was sort of an intermediate um, kind of pro- project. And so, yeah, so at a certain point, I, I just felt like I had to do it. Um, and the other side of it is just from a musical point of view, I I love the boiled down singer-songwriter thing. I love playing at the piano or guitar, but I think I naturally am inclined to, I'm interested in synthesizing a lot of different things into something simple. And so I think composing instrumental music is just such a fascinating, vast kind of realm. So it's kind of a mix of those things. I can relate to so much of that stuff. Like I I had some learning differences when I was Mm -hmm. coming up too. And uh, there was something, oh, uh, when I was in middle school, not... Was it middle school? Yeah, I auditioned for a talent show. I was ready to go, like singing. This was in the early 80s. 
um, and and I didn't get in the show. And like I don't know why. There's just little moments like that that I think kind of, you know, we especially as younger people we can kind of file away and be like, oh, that like that use that as an indication to mean like, oh, this isn't something you're really cut out. You're for. not invited. Yeah, those yeah. injuries are real, even if they're you know they're in the context of otherwise being fairly privileged and comfortable they still you know you're a kid and that that mark you, you know leaves the mark um yeah so yeah I'm, yeah yeah so yeah um i'm sorry that happened to you oh <laughs> <laughs> to be the one to say hey that sucks and as <laughs> yeah. a teacher i mean i te- i've taught music at um the my graduate school during my graduate school programs and it was always really cool and meaningful to be not be that kind of a teacher and to be like, yeah, we're, we're studying sight singing. We're studying all this, you know, conduct and solfege and all this Euro, you know, generated <laughs> stuff, but we're not doing it in that way. This is a tool that you can access, but it's not a club to beat you down with. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I think that's part of what is intriguing to me about the fact that you went went on to get your doctorate in composition because I I went back to music school in uh, – I feel like I tell this story a lot, so I'll make it quick. <laughs> I went back to music school in my like late 20s at a community college, Houston Community College, and it was great. It was this really cool experience of working with the teachers there were also like working musicians and you know it was just like this kind of scrappy cool experience of mm-hmm. like exchanging things. And then I was really amped to move on to like a real college and that it was a direct opposite experience. You know, uh-huh. it felt like there were there was this club that I didn't know like why is my piano professor freaking out right now like telling like there was a beethoven snot i was working on he's like you can't play beethoven like this was like i didn't i didn't get the memo like yeah (laughs) and of course he said that until the day i was playing my jury (laughs) but Uh that's also another story but you know like that and and that i filed that away as just like oh maybe college isn't the place for me but it sounds like for me yeah but it sounds well, like I mean, I, that's fascinating. I mean, the performance side versus the composition side, I think maybe some of it has to do with that. But it's interesting because I also got my start learning music, academic music at community college in Oakland, California, Laney College. So very similar, like self-taught musician, never quite found a way in, never found a teacher. And then community college was where I and it was also the same thing in Bay Area, all these great you know, great artists and musicians. Um, I learned so much at Laney College, both I learned theory and started learning piano, but also I'm not a jazz musician, but for a few years I would go to these jazz sessions with Ed Kelly, who was um, a teacher and an Oakland musician, a kind of center of the community there. And we would all just stand around in this classroom and hack through tunes in the real book horrible, horrible jazz crimes, at least on my part, you know, like, and Ed was so generous and respectful, bringing us into his music and that music and um, just such a different experience than the experience of like, you can't play the music that way. Um, right. And so yeah. I'm really, I'm fully on board with um, making it accessible. Every kind of music is just a different 
even an analytical thing, even theory or whatever, it's just a different lens you can put on to learn more and to get deeper into the music, but none of them is better than another, in my yeah. opinion. Agreed. Amazing. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we, let's talk a little bit about the album again. Um, Latecomers, there was, um, you mentioned earlier that it took a long time to, to make this album happen. Can you tell me more about that? Like how, what's the story behind sure. that? Yeah. So I started this record with Scott Solter, who is the co-producer and an incredible, incredible recording engineer and artist in his own right. Um, we had made a few records before then. Um, we booked time at a studio in California called Prairie Sun um, and brought musicians in. And I had this idea for a record called Thou, Thou Shalt Be New. I had this sense of like, life is going to make you new whether you want to be new or not. I kind of want to be new. I don't know what that means. And we had just had our second child. Um, and so I had this kind of like un. I had this idea for this unapologetic, messy record where it was going to be 20 songs, maybe a double record, and they weren't going to fit together and blah, blah, blah. I was working in a job that I was not very happy at and um, that was taking more and more of my time. And essentially, I wasn't really ready to make the record. I booked the studio time, brought everybody in, but didn't really have time to totally finish the songs. And, and I kind of overstepped uh, i think so we started all these songs and then every year scott and i would get together at a different studio we went to a studio called decibel in san francisco the second year and brought more musicians in and started a few new songs including latecomers at that session the next year we went to the hangar in sacramento and um i kept going back to this record and it just wouldn't close. I couldn't get my arms around it. I couldn't. And um, meanwhile, I was, I'd, during that time, I started my master's program at California State University, East Bay. So I started composing, um, obviously busy with family and this job. Um, then I was able to leave my job um, and moved to Texas here in Austin to do a doctorate. And so in the course of all that, I would dip back into the record when I could. Mm -hmm. um, but I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get it together. And then toward the end of my doctorate, um, which obviously was super demanding and obliterated most of the time I had to work on the record or even kind of think about it, um, I just at a certain point said, okay, these eight songs feel like they go together. I feel like we can finish these. The rest of them, I'm flushing down the drain. We're done. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> and, um, and I sent them to Scott and I said, can you prepare these for me to sing? Just, I'm, I'm so full. I, I got, I can't even hear them anymore. Please just, do whatever you need to do. Try to bring the life out in these eight songs and then we'll do it. And to close, close the story, I mean, that's how we finished the record. And by the time I sent those eight songs, those that was late comers. And that was the sense of like, you know, the album is late. The we're living now feels <laughs> like it's late. Having kids late feels like it's late. And um, 
And so Scott and I went back and forth and finally finished the record, um, you know, after seven and a half years of kind of gnawing on it. <laughs> yeah. When, when you sent those songs to him, was that about um, uh, arrangements or something else? It was about um, the musical arrangements and the textures because because I hadn't been prepared. I had this idea of like superimposition. So a lot of the songs have polymeter, you know, di- po- polyrhythms or, you know, superimposed meters. They'll be like, taka, 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 like twos and threes and other levels of that stuff. It's really interested in that as this kind of ticking clockwork, the time part of it. And I'm interested in a very layperson way and physics and the questions that that brings up about life, the idea that light is a particle and a wave and neither. And so like there was that dimension of the music. But what we had were, were these slabs of music with layers with just like stuff going on. And it was just like there were no... None of the instruments were like, I'm in the song now. You know, it was yeah. just like everything was just like in the whole time. There were sort of there wasn't a lot of curve. There wasn't a lot of things breathing. And so Scott really took the songs and created these entrances and exits, created moments, created all that stuff um, and saved me because I was exhausted and just kind of. I just couldn't get there with these tracks for some reason. So it was about the arrangements for the most part. Mm. And then once that was done, there was a little more room and there was more of a flow. And so it was it was easy to go back and sing them and feel like, oh, I'm, I'm singing a record. Uh, you know? Yeah. There's something really exhausting about having an unfinished project like that, too. It must have been like a relief yeah. to get yeah. it to like find... You know, just finding that spot of like, oh, this is what it's going to be. Definitely. Uh, I'll never, you know, as Scott said at one point toward the end, he was like, everybody has a record like this that like won't let them go or that torments them. And yeah, it's, I feel much more, it's exciting to be able to think about what is next. Um, yeah. You know, and you can't do that if you have a bunch of songs that are half recorded and for yeah. sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the song New Quarantine, which we're going to kind of wrap up our conversation with. Um, it's, I mean, uh, for obvious reasons, the name of the song, like, peaks some ideas. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah, that's such a weird coincidence. Although that sense of, like, foreboding, the latecomers thing, um, there was some confirmation. Because New Quarantine was written seven, eight years ago. And I actually started it, so for a while in the mornings, I would wake up and I would write lyrics for 20 minutes every morning. And I would write verses or choruses without reference to any music. And this piece was based on a Latin American verse form called the decima, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It's 10 lines. It's got this unusual rhyme scheme and meter. And I so I wrote these verses for this song, New Quarantine, and it's kind of a... Um, it's a modest proposal kind of a thing. It's like an ironic, um, somebody who lives in a grotesque, beautiful, beautiful place is sort of boasting and has no idea what a monstrous life 
their living. And, um, and so anyway, so it, it started with that decima form and this idea of like, in a very humble kind of inspired way, um, Latin American protest songwriting, um, and just trying to find a new way to kind of, for me to access that. So, so yeah, I wrote, I wrote a lot of verses, actually the one week recorded the version we recorded is like five minutes long and there are two extra verses but the version on the record and in the video is ended up i i cut i cut some some of the verses because it was just too many damn words um (laughs) and um but it's really a song about my frustration um and also my complicity in living in ways that just are insane really I mean, so like in the song, the the singer is saying, um, bragging about things that are horrible. You know, they always have blood in the cream in their thing or bragging about being or, or, or telling the, the singer is singing to people who live out in the wastelands around this area, new quarantine and saying, you know, thank you for being poor believe us when we say the more you have the more you stress like and being completely un self-conscious about how how horrible that is and how and so the song is just it's like almost like a i'm embodying a lot of toxicity to get it out of my system i think yeah um well that's uh yeah i love that that point because it's so real like mm. the, you know how many people you know, I, I, I just imagine like real life people like, oh, it's so stressful to be so rich. Like you don't understand. Yeah. You're lucky or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's you, just, and there's so much frustration, I think, in, you know, in, in this day, day in this time, and especially as a parent and just seeing a, a lot of American adults be what I would say is sort of non-functional. You're just not even clearing the bar into adult living you're you're not listening to science you're not you're just not doing the very basic stuff and so this is like a you know just an expulsion of poisons (laughs) or something (laughs) but in the context i love brazilian music especially like tropicalia and that kind of stuff um so in this colorful almost party track and in fact the coolest thing that's happened with the record emotionally for me so far is i got a message from somebody in Rwanda who said, I can't go, I can't finish my morning jog until I listen to new quarantine. Oh, um, wow. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's somebody running in Africa listening to this song. That's so amazing. Um, and the, and the person who sent this message was like, I'm not totally clear what the lyrics are, but you know, I can't finish my run. And I'm, and so it's that weird thing where it's like almost like a party track, but yeah. the words are quite, uh, quite dark. <laughs> wow, hmm. I love yeah. Uh, so we should give it a listen, and this is act, this is going to be the end of our conversation too. Right. Um, before we do that, there are two things we should do. We're going to have a, a special bonus conversation that'll be on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MichaelHeron. And I want to make sure everyone who's listening knows where to find you online. Can you give us the rundown of that stuff? Sure thing. Um, MichaelZapruder.com is my website. Um, and my music is available on Bandcamp. Um, if you look for my name, um, through a label called Howell's transmitter, 
um, H-O-W-E-L-L-S, transmitter. Um, and I'm on all the, I'm on most of the usual services, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from people. Um, thank you so much for having me and for playing my music for people. That's really what it's all about. So I'm, I've had a great time. Yeah, I have too. And I love sharing great music with people. So thanks for making great music. Uh, we'll give a listen to new quarantine. From the album Latecomers, that was Michael Zapruder with New Quarantine. Thank you, Michael, for being on the show. Thank you, listeners, for listening to the show, downloading it. It's really meaningful that you're here um, and participating in this 
exchange that I'm creating um, on the internet. Did y'all know I'm doing this on the internet? Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to tell you. Uh, be sure to check out uh, patrons, $5 patrons. Check out Patreon on Wednesday where you can hear uh, Michael Zapruder and I talk about his classical piece called Hoopty. And um, he also provided a PDF of the score, which is super. I'm <laughs> maybe I'm just a music nerd, but I'm like, what? This is great. Thanks for letting me share this. So um, yeah, check that all out and sign up for my mailing list if you want to get a hold of my spring 2021 playlist. It's got a lot of fun stuff on it um, and a lot of meaningful. It it feels like a little bit of a hopeful time right now. Um, yeah, I, I'm seeing the end of the the tunnel with the pandemic, even though there's still you know. We've got some some riding out to do, and I I just have to acknowledge that that's only because I live where I live. There are other parts of the world. Uh, India is really struggling right now with the pandemic, um, so it's uncomfortable. And it's not true to say we're coming to the end of this. So um, I feel I feel okay where I am, um, and I don't feel okay with how what else is going on. So whatever that means. <laughs> All and that's the law. Sign up for my emailing list is what that was. Which uh, okay. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.